0: Good morning, afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang show. I'm your host. I am I am that man. I am that guy. Um today we've got a show for you that I've been looking forward to for a great many afternoons, evenings, months, weeks, years. We're going to interview Bob Kalfur. That may may mean nothing to you right now, but it will in a short few minutes because I'm going to introduce him. And when I introduce him, I'm going to tell you that he has edited every episode of Adventures in Golf. And in some ways, he is just as much Adventures in Golf as this curly little weirdo myself. Bob has edited... All of the episodes and we have developed this wonderful uh, conversation over the years of working together. And the, And I've all I've wanted to do a podcast with him for so long. And, uh, you know, it's just whether it's been schedule or what. But now, finally, we have figured out how to do it and when to do it. And it is today. It is the moment is currently the moment is ap- 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 right now is the moment that it will be happening and you'll see, um, and well, you, you'll you hear because we didn't really videotape this podcast, but um, I'm going to also, before we introduce Bob, um, we've got a great 45-minute discussion with him. I've already had it, obviously. I don't usually do this. I don't usually record the intro after I do the meat. That's kind of like eating the steak and then having the salad for dessert. You, If you know me, you know I just run into everything head first, full speed, no helmet. And that explains my poor memory, my lack of judgment, and (laughs) I was going to say something very personal. But the fact that I'm 39 and doesn't have kids has nothing to do with it. (laughs) I've got a dog. So if if you want to, he may not be my child, but he's close. Before we introduce Bob and everything that he's done for Adventures in Golf and Scratch and You know, our lives and the lives of the people sitting on United Airlines. Special thanks to them, not only for their help with adventures in golf, but also they started flying around volunteers for free. Absolutely free, which I think is just amazing. I'm getting excited uh, to buy tickets for a season five. I'm getting excited to start thinking about the travel for that. Starting to feel like maybe that's going to be soon. But then again, soon is a relative term as um, as some would say so before I introduce Bob I'm going to get a couple questions out of the way um, these are questions that if you responded to the scratch TV, the scratch social handles, these are general questions that are being answered I'm going to do a, since the episode since the interview with Bob was so good and so thoughtful I'm going to just answer a handful of questions now and then we'll take a quick commercial break and then we'll get into Bob's interview and then I'm going to do another episode of just Q&A uh, because there are so many good questions and I, and I really want to dig through all of them. So without further ado, what adventure has been my favorite so far? Well, that's a very hard question to answer. Um, I think Bob and I both agree in uh, the feeling that Askernish, uh, the season opener for 2, definitely had a lot of the elements of true adventure. Um and, and in that sense that would take the cake for me. Also, Askernish is kind of one of those episodes that I could actually refer you to. If you said which episode should I actually go on? Askernish is a good choice because it's like really um you know, it's a golf course, it's a golf destination, it's a history lesson, it is an adventure, it is wild, it is out there. So that really fits the bill for me, obviously. There are other episodes that I enjoy more. Mira is a great flowing episode, and Bob even has some interesting insights on that episode. As we get into that, um, what is your personal favorite golf story? Wow, uh, what's a tough, a tough question? I should I should have pre-screened these. What's your favorite personal golf story? Uh, oh, oh, I see. What's my now I get it. What's my favorite personal golf story? It would really be, um, my trip to Ireland with my family. My mom and dad said, Hey Eric, we'd like to come play golf with you. This was three years ago and we'd like to play at Bandon. And I said, okay, I'd just been to Bandon. Um, and I said, okay, well, you know what? It's harder to get to Bandon than it is to get to Ireland. Let's go to Ireland. And we all went out there and I, I love Bandon and I'm, I'll go there as many times as I can every year. But I figured they had already been. And I I have this role in my life where I really push my parents to uh, to try new things. Right, mom and dad? <laughs> they, like all of us, are creatures of habit. And I do like to, um, you know, I, I, I also am a creature of habit. And I've learned this as I get older. But I think when I was a bit younger, I I felt guilty for doing the same things over and over. But now as I'm older and I just want to come home and have something that I can understand and expect and not be let down by, I just like to go to the same places over and over. I don't really try new restaurants as much as I did. But also, a great part of my life is trying new things whether I like it or not because I haven't been to any restaurants in Buenos Aires or Mumbai And so it's sort of like the familiar upon returning home is key. Um, But anyway, I said, why don't we just go to Ireland? I mean, I I wanted to go for a while, and so we went. We had my friend Simon Holt, um, connoisseur golf tours, uh, and wonderful gentleman out of Edinburgh. Uh, Simon put together a little itinerary for us, and we all chipped in. And me, my brother, my father and mother all went over and we got a house in um Shannon um and uh, no I'm wrong we wasn't in Shannon we flew into Shannon and our house was in um k, k-, k- started with a k uh k, k-, 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 k- can't remember <laughs> where the fuck was that town uh pause I got to remember this hang on got it Killarney. Killarney was the name of the town. Um, yep, flew into Shannon, went to Killarney. Anyway, we're talking about my favorite personal golf story. And really it was just, it was it was this wonderful thing where we had a little nest, we had an Airbnb in Killarney, and each course was like average an hour. Some were 30 minutes, some were two hours from the house. And we played 36 a day, more or less. We played, hog. I threw Hogshead in last minute. Played Waterville, Trolley, Dukes. Played all of them. Had, had just a fantastic time. Um, and uh, really just enjoyed ourselves. And, and we had dinner every night uh, together. And um, we had a little rental car. And we drove around. And the weather was good and bad. And, of course, this included Old Head. And if you haven't heard me talk about Old Head, go to my Instagram and check that out. It's really uh, a personal time for me. Um Really, there are some special moments. I, I can't tell the story again right now. Um, okay, guys. we i Honestly, we've been recording too long. Um, any hints on where the next season will take us? That's a good question. South America. Um, this is all pending, obviously. But South America, uh, England, Germany, Vietnam, Korea, England. Did I say England already? America, Alabama, New York, Connecticut, uh, Texas. Those are obviously subject to change at any minute. Rules and regulations do apply. Kids get in free. No one under 18 admitted, folks. How do you come up with the locations you visit? Have you ever taken a fan recommendation? Yes, we have taken a fan recommendation. That was um, Sheep Golf from from, uh, Bal Hepburn up in um, Minnesota there. And that was a wonderful episode that was recommended to us. And you know, I mean, we've done a lot of research over the years that has held on to kind of um, what what would fit. And the truth is, I'll say this in the in the Mira ep- when, when later on when we talked to Bob. I mean, the Mira episode was planned out for years, and and it was a timing thing. We we couldn't go until season three, but we had wanted to go in season one. It just the timing didn't work out. And the truth is, it was better that we waited. That's that episode really was benefited by the time that we spent for the first three seasons learning about how to make this show. And, you know, the show has um, uh, really gone through a lot of different transitions, so it's exciting to see that. As someone who's constantly traveling for work, although fun work, I imagine, how do you decide where to vacation? Great, great question. Um, You know, I don't go on vacation. Um, I don't find traveling uh, relaxing. So for me, I would it would be very rare for me to say I'm going to go to Hawaii for a week or I'm going to go to Mexico for a week. Uh, if I want to take time off, I stay home. I just go to my house, and I kind of just lay low. That that is exotic for me. Um, obviously, now we're in the midst of a bit of a different scenario. Um, but I'm you know I wanted I I wanted some. I wanted to slow the pace down a little bit. So that's kind of good. Um, favorite public course in L.A. besides Roosevelt? Uh, Rustic Canyon, my guy. I mean, it's not a muni, but it's a very, very good public course. Um, you know, top ranked, actually, in America. Any hints? on? Okay, what's the funniest story on course that's happened throughout the years? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Funniest story on the golf course. I mean, guy, there's just too many. I mean, go, hit the vlogs for me, my guy. Like there's so many funny isms on the golf course. I mean, I'm blanking right now. I'm, I'm, I have a terrible memory also. That's one of the things, um, you know, it, with hanging out with Stuart and Colt for Scotland and Hafer, that was some of the funniest times in my life. Adventures in golf is fun, But it's not like funny. It's like it's like actually quite stressful because we're like really involved. Well, actually, that's not true. Safari Golf from season four was hilarious. There was one point where we could not stop laughing. I can't remember why. Oh, we were in the pro shop. I wonder if we made it into the vlogs. We were in the pro (laughs) I forgot. Oh my gosh. We were in the pro shop and there's this painting of a golf hole and right in the foreground of the green there's like three hyenas like growling like like snarling at the at the view at uh, you at the viewer and i've never seen anything like that and it just i couldn't do a take without laughing um okay this is the last question then we'll get into bob's interview and then what i'll say is um we can uh we, we're I'm, I'm doing a new thing i'm giving out my phone number uh so text me with any questions that you have about Uh, adventures in golf. And I'll get to it next week. As I said, I've already got a lot of questions from my own social. But if you really want to get your question answered, hit me up 323-310-3988. Again, that's area code 323-310-3988. That's my number. The texts are from me. Uh, Text that number. Just say, you know, what I've heard on the podcast. And then you'll get like an auto reply that, um, you just got to fill, like just respond to that. And then we can text and, uh, you know, you can get updates and stuff like that. Uh, so hit me up with any questions on that number. Text me. Last answer here, um, for the, for this is you've mentioned before that you didn't get into golf until like 30. Why the late start and what piqued your interest to get started? Okay. Well, here's what's up. I was watching the masters 1997 tonight. Um, they 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 put it up there, and you know it's Bobby Clampett, it's David Faraday, it's Peter Costas, it's um, all these dudes. And um, this is '97, so this is long before I'm into golf. At this time, I'm 16 years old, and I didn't get into golf until I was 30. So that's I'm already 40 now, 39. So anyway, I went through most of my life thinking that I'm one not a golfer because two I hate golf and I hate golfers. And when I watched, and obviously now I've played golf for ten years. I love golf. I love golfers. I now understand the the dress code. I understand the tradition. I respect the Masters very much. I I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a patron. I'm a I'm a I'm a lover of I'm a lover of almost everything in golf. Almost everything. There's a, there's a few things I don't like, and and the things that I don't like, the biggest things I don't like are general. It's this PR problem, and and it goes back to kind of this idea that. In every movie what does the villain do they play golf they they love they they they, they love golf and that's the problem is we, is we have a we need to make golf more welcoming but that's not that's not any one um, you know entity's fault it's it's individuals it's each of us one on one for not making it more welcoming so i challenge all of you all three of you my parents and the one person listening please wave to someone from another fairway see how it goes They may not wave back, but that's not your concern. Anyway, I thought I hated golf. I wasn't into it, and I looked at the 97 Masters tapes, and that's kind of the reason I wasn't into it. It didn't have style. It didn't have pizzazz. It didn't have flair. It didn't have have personality, really. At least now, even when I watch golf tournaments, there's a little more to it. It's gotten cooler. I mean, we can talk about golf broadcasts for a long time. But anyway, my brother finally was in he he was inviting me to play golf all the time and you know he finally got through to me uh when I was thirty. He invited me to play and the 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 shortest, simplest version of the story is I put on my little golf glove, I put on some khakis and a little collared shirt, and I had some vans on and I and I put on a hat and then I had this little three wood on the tee. and I just sort of like just sort of like, I felt kind of cool. Like, I liked, the, I liked the outfit, actually. It kind of fit me well. It was a red uh, golf shirt with khaki pants. I looked pretty good. I actually have a photo of it. And I just, I just was a baseball player when I was a kid. And I just kind of stood up there and teed the ball up. Probably teed it up like an inch and a half, even with my three-wood. And uh, didn't know anything. And, um, you know, took the club back, just ran through it, and I hit the ball. And I hit it pretty good. And um, it was like really instantaneous. Love at first sight. I fell in love with it to a degree that it would sustain the next 10 years of my life. So that's how I fell into golf, guys. Uh, I hope that uh, you stick around. Listen to the uh, interview with Bob. Got a couple ads coming through from our partners. Make sure to support everybody who supports what we do. Um, And make sure to text me and let's let's catch up next week on a full Q&A pod of all detailed adventures and golf questions uh general questions whatever you want we're going to go big on it thanks everybody have a great week and enjoy the interview with bob he's a great guy all right everybody every minute the equivalent of one dump truck of plastic enters our oceans Fuck, that's that's 60 dump trucks a minute okay that's twelve. That's that's twelve hundred, foot thirteen hundred and twenty. That doesn't sound right. Thousands of dump trucks every day. Plastic enters the oceans. This plastic doesn't just I'm gonna get my glasses on. Affect marine life. It affects. It ends up in our food as microplastics. Plastic is a problem. That's why Adidas is aiming to end plastic waste by twenty twenty four. Wow. That's a, that's incredible. You mean within their own company, not within the world. 100% of Adidas products. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Problem solved. 100% of Adidas products will be made by recycled polyester by 2024. That's rad because I use a water bottle, folks. I know that Adidas doesn't make it, but it's not. Plastic water bottles are just, they're bad. I mean, you, sometimes you got to do it, but they're bad. Adidas Golf is doing their part this week by introducing the limited edition Prime Blue Code Chaos footwear for both men and women. Made in part with Parley... Excuse me. I just had some pretzels. And ginger beer. Okay. In part with Parley Ocean Plastic. This recycled yarns... The recycled yarns in the footwear are made from plastic that was collected from beaches and coastal communities. Preventing it from entering our oceans. From problem to performance, pick up your pair now at adidas.com. For more info about the latest products from Adidas Golf, go to adidas.com and throw Adidas Golf and follow on Instagram and Twitter. Precision Pro, folks. I'm going to do an ad libbed Precision Pro read. Here's the thing about Precision Pro. They're made by some great guys in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's got great design and coming out soon, you're going to get a very special colorway of the NX9 Pro with Slope. Is that right? That's it. I got got a thumbs up in the studio here that that's the exact rangefinder. Not only do you get free battery replacement for life, but you get Slope and you get laser. I mean, it is a laser. Laser sharp accuracy. And you get, I don't know, you just get to be part of something cool that I'm down with. So Precision Pro is great. Obviously, the family there in Cincinnati makes them good. We did an RGC there. If you haven't seen it, check out the video on the YouTube channel. We gave everybody a rangefinder but stay tuned coming around april we're going to be releasing a random golf club version of this rangefinder it is the most beautiful rangefinder i've ever seen on planet earth and i as you know i haven't traveled any other planets yet i've done a lot of countries and states and towns continents hemispheres but i've never left the planet and i was just talking to someone who said that that's on their bucket list it's not on mine i don't share that but on this planet the random golf club rangefinder will literally blow your mind, but it won't blow your wallet. The Rangefinder for everyone, people. Enjoy it. All right, I'm gonna catch me now. We got uh, lit <laughs> give me a second. All right, I'm about to do an ad read for Vice Golf. I don't even have a read, so this is a this is an ad lib. This is an ad libbed libbed read. Anyway, Vice Golf, you all know I love the brand. Uh they make a great golf ball. And there are things that I would tell you in person about the golf ball that I can't tell you in a public forum. But basically, the golf ball is amazing. Technically speaking, on tests, it performs as good or better than what we call, quote, the best golf ball on tour. Now, the Vice Golf Ball also has one cool thing, which is that it's cool. Obviously, the scripting is really sweet. But beyond that, it has another cool thing. I'm going to keep pulling cool things out of this ball. The second cool thing is that you can't get it in a pro shop. So go online, go to vicegolf.com, and get your slick balls. They've got all different types. They've got the tour. They've got the drive. They've got the pro. They've got the pro plus. They've got different colors and you can also personalize less than uh, you can personalize. I don't know what number you can personalize, but you can personalize them. Whereas other brands don't let you personalize them except for once a year. So check out vicegolf.com. Get yourself some smooth and cool balls for the course that is. Anyway, y'all see you in the showers until the next ad read. All right. One more ad read. I'll probably do another one after this. Jones Sports Go, folks. If you want the bag that I rock, it's the Jones Sports bag. They got the Player Series. They got the original. What are the other... What's the other models they got? The stand bags? We're pulling it up in the studio, folks. But here's the thing. Jones, if you haven't seen the video on YouTube yet, please check it out. We went up there, visited with them. We designed a lot of cool stuff. We're going to be designing more stuff. We have two bags on the Random Golf Club site that have the Random Golf Club script on it. The Utility Trooper is the is the is the info i'm getting of the name of the other bag that i like it's got the stand it, it's got the stand bag i also i i mostly rock the original which is based on a design from the 70s uh what's his name jones his name was mr jones mr jones and me now that guy got in a lot of trouble for some what's that taxi caps but the but the guy who sang the song mr jones he's no he's gotten a lot of trouble don't want to talk about him, but Mr. Jones—not that the song is written about—was a taxi driver in New York. He made a golf bag out of the upholstery in his taxi, and that's where Jones has come from. So they're obviously the comfortable shoulder strap on the original series is what I love. Got a lot of cargo space, and you got three pockets to hold all your clubs. And you look basically like a badass. You're 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 if you're if you don't have a if you don't have a significant other at, at the start of the round, you will have one at the end. Am I right? Watch out! It's, it's you know that's the studio here says, get a Jones bag. I'm not going to say get laid, but basically that's what's going to happen. I mean I, I didn't say it, you said it, you heard it. I didn't say it. Jones Sports Everybody love them. Taylor Made folks. folks. I got to tell you, the first golf clubs that ever went in my little old hands were Taylor Made Burner Oversize. They had some crusty old grips that I redid myself at risk of my own fingertips with the razor and I and I got high cuz there's. I don't know if you've ever re-gripped your clubs but you 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 become an an inhalant addict cuz you're putting like really noxious stuff. Don't don't grip your own clubs unless you really want to. Anyway, mad respect, give me a fist bump whenever I see you. Like, I, I grip my own clubs. I put the grips on them myself. I said <laughs> how much did you say? I mean, you could save money. You save money cuz I think you put them on it's like 20 bucks each and you, and you buy the grips yourself. It's like 8 bucks. By the way, re-gripping 14 clubs, I mean, that's like a lot. Go buy TaylorMades instead. They come with grips. My favorite TaylorMade edition now, obviously the Sim Max I'm playing, is a monster club. One of the many things Tiger Woods have and I in common is playing the Sim. But also, I really I kind of love the wedges, the raw-faced wedges, MG. I both love the high-toe in matte black. I also have a matte black shaft. I know you didn't ask, but I went ahead and told you. Anyway, TaylorMade, my favorite thing about TaylorMade beyond the incredibly performing equipment is the people that make this company up, the the band of the band of brothers down here, the band of sisters, the family in Carlsbad, really really gets behind what we do, and that means it's important for you to get behind what they do. So go support TaylorMade, everybody, and hit them straight, or just don't just just hit them with TaylorMades though. Just get some, just stop messing around with all the others, hit them straight with TaylorMade, but just hit TaylorMade at least. I mean, if you're not I mean just just go I mean what are you doing just pause the pod go on TaylorMade what's their website I don't even they don't even need a website just go find TaylorMade asap There should be what What I play I play the okay studio is asking me to play I play the P, P, P760s 4 through pitch then I've got the milled grind raw face 50 54 and 58 and then I rock I'm in between the gapper and the sim hybrid right now I play the two gapper uh, I've got a steel shafted six and a half Project X in that one. As with all the irons, and then on the driver I have the uh, Sim Max with a nine degree. I'm still working on getting my numbers on that. I don't really know. I got the ten and a half and the nine. We're gonna, gonna do a little experimentation. Maybe honestly, you know what? Whatever one I don't use, how about it's yours? How about that? We're gonna. I don't know how we're gonna manage this. Head over to the Instagram account. Get ready for the old giveaway of the uh, driver that I can't hit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, TaylorMade's the family, folks All right, All right. So, I'm, I'm uh, Bob, I don't even know where to start with, 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 with everything we've accomplished And really only being in the same room How many times? Three times? Four times?
1: <laughs> yeah, if that
0: Were you in the um, You were in that first meeting, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, like before the first uh, Adventures of Golf kind of happened.
0: Yeah, we were in there with um, with uh, Stefan,
1: Stefan, yep,
0: Stefan, and um, uh, the uh, Sports Rocket team, and I mean, it was like it was like six people, and and you were in there, and and do you, do you remember that particular meeting where I was? First of all, I don't know if you were aware, I had no idea what I was doing there.
1: Right. I I didn't know. I don't think I have that one particular memory because I think at the time it was very much like, oh, the, this is going to happen. And it was like, okay, fine. Let's see it happen. And we'll, we'll worry about that. You know, a lot of the things that we were doing at the time, it was very much cross that bridge when we get to it kind of thing. So, you know, and from my perspective as an editor, you can talk about all the pre-production till the cows come home, but until I have the footage in my hands, then that's when it means something to me.
0: Right. And so, yeah, we're and and you probably also didn't you couldn't tell maybe by looking at me that I had one, you know, no idea what I was doing to really didn't know what I was doing (laughs) and and wasn't ever really, you know, I guess the interesting thing for me to look at as in as it relates to our collaboration is I mean, there's so many interesting things, but. From the beginning, I never wanted to be on camera and i'm and i guess I'm curious to know as like you know I mean you're you're um, we have such an unwritten dialogue in how we kind of work together and and communicate through footage right you know was that ever how do you see that progression?
1: Well, I mean, in the beginning, I can honestly say that you know when when I was handed all of the the footage because it's going back to Scotland you know, and and you sift through hours upon hours upon hours, and then Stefan's like, all right, now make something of this. You kind of just look at it and say, oh, all right, I see it's in, you know, it's kind of the way it goes. So you look at all the footage and, and you and you, you get a sense. I like mean, even back then, I could tell, sure, maybe you, you were pretty green, but you did have a sense of, like, beats, story beats, and how you sort of wanted things to go, so it was really just a matter of assembling that all together in a way that made sense and then, you know, putting in some music and chopping out a lot of the things that, that kind of fell flat, I guess. You know, I mean, it's just going to happen. Eventually, you're going to get out there, you're going to do your thing, and some things just don't work. And then, you know, thankfully, really everybody kind of looked at it and said, oh, this is this is good. You know, we got something here. Let's uh, Let's move this into the next nine countries or whatever it was after that.
0: Yeah, this is not terrible. That was that was shocking. (laughs) We, well, I guess I don't know if your how your memory serves you based on that first episode. But you know, I shot that with a um, a paparazzi photographer and a philosophy major, and we had seven days. And I couldn't. I can't even imagine the amount of footage that you have, and. And really, at that time, Stefan, who was the executive producer i I guess he's not with us anymore on the as far as the company's concerned right he's do he's working for someone else, but he was really pushing us as I remember towards longer content you know, yes, 10 well and that 20 was and thirty minutes that
1: was very helpful at the time again, talking about how much footage there was, so you know being able to really just throw it all out there and 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 make it as long and not worried about you know. At the time, I was on a daily basis working with a lot more of the social cuts of, you know, sports and things. And so everything had to be 30 seconds a minute, minute and a half seemed outlandish. And here we are putting together this piece that I think the first cut was probably like 15 minutes. Which, you know, I know a lot of fans um, of AIG now are always touting longer, longer. And we've sort of gone that route. But in the beginning, you know, we've got an untested thing and, and we're throwing this out there. 15 minutes just was, it was a lot to go on. So I think we might have trimmed it down to 12 and a half or so and, 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 and it worked.
0: You know, you bring up the, uh, the, the audience idea and I'll share my experience, which was, I think it was on the eve of producing season three, and I was kind of disenchanted with everything. I didn't really want to make Adventures in Golf anymore. I was, I was kind of um, just not. It was a difficult time in my life uh, for many reasons, but um, I just was kind of out on it, you know. And I was like, you know, I'd rather just go do something else because I was a filmmaker at heart. I didn't really want to be on camera. I didn't really care about golf in the same. I mean, I loved it, but. I didn't come to golf and say, let's make golf videos. I came to golf and said, let's play golf. And um something happened where I was at I was at the PGA show and someone came up to me and said, I really like adventures in golf. Thank you for making it. It it this and that. It it did something for me. And all of a sudden, it like completely gave me a 180. And I thought, Whoa, wait, this show has people that watch it. Because aside from that, experience of one on one, it was just numbers to me. And ultimately, I think season one and two, let's not be coy, they underperformed. We, we thought, oh, geez, no one's watching this. <laughs> like, nobody cares. And then it just took time, and people did get involved. And, but that one-on-one experience came to me, and I was wondering, has the audience of Adventures in Golf taught you anything, you know, in your, in your life, whether it's been one-on-one or even just through the comments or, you know, in their viewing habits?
1: I suppose, I mean, I, I was grateful to see that, that there was sort of an acceptance of things being longer, which was great because, you know, when we dive into putting these together, you know, the first cut I, I call, it's the kitchen sink cut. You know, it's got everything in it, every, every last little piece usually. And then we sort of take that from and, and sculpt it down and mold it into what it ends up being. You know, and I'm not going to lie, sometimes things don't make it, just because it either the timing or it just was it, like we might be missing an element. And sometimes it's sad because like I kind of really like that element. Um, but it's nice to know like that kind of <laughs> I don't want to say that anything we put out there they're going to love because obviously that's not the case. But I know that there's definitely been in my opinion the more work we put into it the better they are received which kind of seems like a no brainer. But like you said, for the first couple seasons, this was maybe this was just a thing that we were doing. You know, it was a job. This was pretty cool. Who's not going to like going around the world and, and putting some videos together? But I think, yeah, there was that turning point where it was like, no, we need to really start taking this a little bit more serious than, than we were previously, because there is a following and, and it does mean something to people. And I think we sort of sculpted the, the series a little bit to, to s- represent that.
0: Yeah, and then that—that's a really interesting point that you raise. That it's almost like we 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 just started walking, and then all of a sudden we turn around and we're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like we're actually going somewhere. We should we should in a sense take this more seriously. Are you when you say the word "seriously"? Are you meaning like narratively being more serious? Because because I have experienced that as we get into season three and four, it's like I'm not trying to crack jokes as much, and absolutely, and I don't. Where do what do you see that as?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first first season, especially, there was a lot more of the the one on one sort of um, the 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 being coy and sort of trying to make something out of nothing when you know instead of just letting things happen naturally. You know, there's I'm a big fan of. You know, I know you make fun of yourself for it that you a lot of times you try not to put a lot of production thought ahead of time. You like to just go into these things and see what happens. And I have to admit, in the beginning it was frustrating because I you know, here I am putting everything together and I'm saying, Wait, how do you not have a plan? This is this is this doesn't work this way. <laughs> Produce something. What's happening? But you know, you sort of evolved into adding sort of an overall structure that you wanted and then but still just letting that happen naturally letting things kind of take place you know if the name of the show is Adventures in Golf and 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 that really makes that happen because I think if you did too much ahead of time and you were talking to people on phones and saying all right you know this is what we want to talk about then then that just kind of shuts those people their, their brains down because now they're thinking about oh I had this phone call with Eric and this is what we want to talk about it's like no, none of that. Just it all goes away because you're just there, you're interacting with them and and letting things happen. And sure, you know maybe there's five, six, ten hours of footage to go through, but it allows us to get those real moments, and and that's everything.
0: You know, it's so interesting because I I, I I've never really realized that aspect uh, that you know you you know your your progression there as far as planning and improvisation I think you know when I look at it now it's like I actually feel like in the beginning when we would sort of arrive at a location I'd be filled with anxiety and I'd be filled with uncertainty about what's what are we going to shoot what are we going to do what's going to happen and the truth is like in season one a lot of those bits are relatively planned out like even in Thailand when i put on the master shirt in the locker room like that was like we thought about that and we talked about it and you know or or you know countless examples but now it's like i feel like not just you and i but me and david and Stuart, you know everyone involved really it's like we all kind of know what needs to happen and it's it's kind of like um you know a tight military team where we just sort of are like okay cool we're going to we're going to we're gonna do that. That's fine. Yeah, we we can do that, and um, that that's kind of the interesting thing to see that. Then it feels like we're able to p- focus more energy on things that are more complicated. Like, I guess I'd like to ask you about Cape Town because, you know, I, I, do you see Cape Town being a unique episode out of the forty or so that you've cut?
1: I mean, as far as what? As far as what angle are you coming from? I mean, that's, there's Cape Town. There's an example of things that, that we couldn't really talk about or or we wanted to sort of shy away from. I mean, you had a lot of stuff going on in Cape Town that didn't make the cut because it just was You wasn't, mean the robbery? Yeah, yes. That, <laughs> we like, got that's, robbed. That's a great story, but, you know, <laughs> unfortunately we have to sort of toe the line as far as things go when it comes to, you know, sponsors and other executives, but that would have been fun to cut you yeah. know even as a behind the scenes kind of thing but you know
0: i knew that wasn't going i didn't even shoot that much of it because i just knew it wasn't going to make <laughs> yeah. the cut but even no i mean cape town as far as you know and maybe you didn't see it as much because i guess the i guess the big thing now is you've in the beginning i would just kind of send you footage with absolutely no information is
1: that is that <laughs> yes <laughs> is that really what happened i am aware yes <laughs> so so, tell, so or the or or actually i would get information you know you would shoot something let's just say you would shoot something in february and i'd we'd finally start getting around to the episode in june july yeah. And you'd write up something based on, you know, memories from months ago on how you think it should yeah. go. And, you know, and everybody, it's it's Monday morning quarterbacking. You think you've got all this amazing stuff in your mind, but then you look at what we have and they don't always match up. <laughs>
0: they don't. And, and I guess if you're listening and you're wondering how, you know, because like I said, you're in New York. I'm in L.A. We send a hard drive off. You know, this is uh, this is a true collaboration in that sense. And and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm so proud of adventures in golf and why it's so special and unique is that, you know, editing is in a lot of ways, if you're listening and you don't realize you, 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 if you don't, if you're not a filmmaker yourself, you may not understand how much I truly respect a person like Bob, because it's not a, it's not a task that you're doing. It's not, it's not like you're an editor in the sense of like, Okay, organize this footage. No, you are quite literally telling the story. You're choosing the music. You're writing the voiceover, and people might not realize how big that is. Right? I mean, you're essentially directing half of the project, and in and in some sense, it's the half that people actually see. <laughs> you know, and so I can't remember where I was going with this, but <laughs> th- oh, oh, it was it was the idea of. What, what I learned over the years to ultimately supply you with, which was when we finish shooting, and really you can't do it before because this is a true documentary show. We don't quite know what we're going to find, but I started recording a, like a five or ten minute audio note that as soon as we wrap production on one episode... I'll write a letter to you verbally. And is that, is that that seems like it's helped you a lot. It's
1: helped. You know, if nothing else, it gives me the, the proper mindset of what, you know, where you think things are going and, and how you think things should sort of fit into the episode, which, you know, just from basic structure of a piece is great. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but at least I know at any given time where your head is at, because again, you know, you're you're miles away from me and I can't always just call you up and say, hey, what were you thinking here? I mean, granted, we could text and email, but when you're in the moment of editing the piece, it kind of, for me, it's always been about sort of just getting getting something together. You know, I, I, I've, I've been editing for many years and I've, I've sort of tried to get as much of my ego out of things as possible so that I can just get something together, put it out there, and then work from that point. Because, again, with with the amount of hours of footage that is shot, it's really not practical and efficient in any way to go back and forth and back and forth with, well, what do you think of this? And well, what do you think of that? It's better for me and I think overall process to just get it out there and then work off of that. And, you know, you usually come back with some great notes of, oh, you know, when well, I, I I shot this and we spoke to this and this would work great here. And then it evolves from there. But at least we've got a good starting point, And those audio notes really do make a huge difference in that um, to make sure that things happen as efficient as we can. We
0: should... Um... I should find a, a suitable audio note that's not filled with uh, f-bombs and maybe we should maybe I should tag one of those on at the end of this because they, they are pretty enlightening and and I think you know it's funny sometimes what I'll do is since so much time usually passes between when we shoot something and when you begin editing it and when it airs, I kind of forget so much has happened in between you know and like I'll be we'll shoot an episode in Norway and then I'll watch the edit in another country you know four, three, six months later, and it's like my mind is just in a completely different place, um, we, we should we, – I'll, I'll see if I can find a couple audio notes to put sure. out. If That'd not, kind I of... know I have them
1: definitely on file if there's something you think of, but I have them here. But I think, I think that's the cool. interesting thing for me is to see what you have to say about them because I know, you know, not that it's completely, you know, out of your mind. I mean, you've, you've experienced these things. You've gone to these places. You've talked to these people. But I know that, you know, hey, you're you're traveling around. You're a, at any given week, you could be in five different places. And, you know, when we're not doing adventures in golf, that is your life. So I know that by the time you do get to see these edits, I am curious to see what you think of them because it's I mean, for you it has to kind of almost be surreal to be like, Oh, I right, I did that. Wait, that's me. That's my life because so much time has passed.
0: I mean if you're again, if you're listening to this to give you some more relativity here, Bob, you've sent me forty edits over the past couple of years, and forty not tiny edits, well, I guess more because you've done the behind the scenes for season four, so oh yeah the the blog you know, it's like I can't even begin to describe the feeling of getting an edit in my inbox from you as a, you know, we've, I've worked with dozens and dozens of editors currently, even we do a lot of other videos for our own channel. Um, I pretty much get an edit from you and very rarely do I even have a note. I mean, am I right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and we work really hard to make that happen, but yeah, it's I mean, crazy. generally speaking, any kind of notes that you come up with, it's, they're usually pretty minute as far as, You know, maybe it's just a tiny bit of uh, just the angle that we're coming at something from or maybe that person said something or you said something that might not be in the best light. You know, because, again, you are in the moment and I know that you're you're sort of thinking on your feet a lot. And and sometimes you just say things and you go, well, after the fact, uh, that's maybe not that
0: (laughs) we we tried to tone that down after Australia. I think Australia was tough because it was me, Stuart and David in a in an RV (laughs) And and we started just saying stuff on camera that was not you can't air it and <laughs> and that's where the sorry Bob came from. Yeah. Did that? Did that? Did I, we never really debriefed after that. Is that funny or does it get annoying?
1: <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate it because you know again it, it's that it's almost that breaking the fourth wall with me just by myself. You know, here <laughs> I am watching all of this stuff, and all of a sudden you're talking to me. So it, gets, <laughs> it brings me into it. I feel like I'm part of what's ha- whatever's happening. It's hysterical.
0: Like you were going to go get a coffee, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, actually, I'm awake. This is fine. I am entertained. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about uh, the Mira episode. And yes. there's there's so many ways that we can talk about this episode. Um, the first thing I want to start with is, again, I, I told everybody, you write the voiceover. So a lot of times when I'm speaking on Adventures in Golf, I'm actually reading words that Bob wrote. Now, more and more, sometimes it's a collab- more of a collaboration with a voice note that I send you where I'm thinking in, on the set and then right. that comes back. And then I, I don't try really to incorporate
1: check. that as much as I can. Absolutely.
0: You do, absolutely. Well, and Lafutin's a great example of where I said, hey, man, this, this episode's crazy. Like, we had to drive for days to get here. And, we, and you incorporated that in the edit, which was kind of a break from normal AIG structure. Kind of just a voiceovery. Yes, interlo- that interlo- one
1: was. I I will say when I first heard the audio note and then I saw the footage, I, I panicked a little bit because <laughs> because I've come to rely on a certain aspect of you know I know that you're out there and you're gonna. You're going to talk to people and you're going to transition, really. You're going to transition somehow. Either it's going to be a stand-up to camera and you're going to say, okay, this is what's happening, people. I'm doing this and this didn't work out, but we're going to take this drive and we're going to go see what this is. And then I could do a sort of little music montage to get us there. But because you had made this decision while you were there to sort of make this much more of a voiceover kind of a piece, um, I was... I was pleasantly shocked because it gave me the opportunity. You know, I think especially this last season has given me the opportunity to really um, work on. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of research. It's really strange the way we do these things sometimes because you would think all of the research that was happening would go into it beforehand. But I know right. that you you definitely do some research before you go. But some of the specifics on things now here you are. All right, so where is the food and what, what all? When was this place created? And, and who was involved? So now and I'm you do all that. I'm for doing the edit. a deep dive now into the internet, and I'm finding out as much as I can to then tell that story that makes sense with the the elements that you've given me. And I mean that's actually one of my favorite pieces just based on on that aspect and and you know, I'm a very when I edit I know music is a very subjective thing and I know that some people may or may not like everybody's choice and, and certainly not what I've picked, but for me, editing process music is very important. So I I really spend a lot of time finding the right music to set a tone and to really move things along. And and for that particular piece, whether anybody else really liked it, it was one of my favorites just all around, visually, musically, the being able to create and write all of the script and put it all together. For me, I'm most proud of that particular episode just for all of those reasons because I think it almost has, you know, I feel like what we were saying before, I feel like I was there. Like, I feel like I was really a part of the whole process because I had to do a little extra legwork to sort of draw myself into it so that I can make sure to bring the viewer into it.
0: That's so interesting. And, and you know, that's, first of all, it's really cool to hear. I'd love to see if we could reverse engineer that in season five and, and sort of somehow, you know, create even a further, deeper, more meaningful collaboration. The, I guess that maybe one of the reasons why LeFouz didn't have that experience for you is... Relatively speaking, it was a thin narrative. There wasn't there wasn't really anything that quote happened. I mean, I really I played golf alone, which is kind of unusual. Um, usually, we're playing in a group. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah. you know, another was, reason was, for the panic. <laughs> it was two interviews. <laughs> the really. original
1: panic was because of all of that, but thankfully, again, I mean, the visuals were there. This is one of those where. It was, I'm sure, for you while you were there. Everywhere you looked was amazing. So, thankfully, everything that was shot was gorgeous. So, being able to incorporate, all, if we didn't have that, that oh, episode might have been four minutes long.
0: <laughs> well, I would say, I would say more likely if we didn't have you, you found a philosophical gear, and you hit that. And I remember, I remember the first time because I get the edit. If you're listening, I get the edit back and it's pretty rough it's not colored there's kind of like audio hits it's kind of messy and and it's your voice recording the voiceover and you have a great voice as we all can attest um and and i've actually played i've played the edits for other people sometimes and we should actually release a working cut where you can hear (laughs) you doing the voiceover um and uh and i played with other people and they say wow who's that guy doing voiceover he's really good at voiceover <laughs> cuz you do have the you you do perform the voiceover um but in norway i remember watching the cut and saying wow bob's like i didn't realize that you were this this, this is this is a different bob than i know he's a definitely more intense
1: <laughs> and again it was those audio notes that you sent me you know that sort of gave me the freedom to do that because you you had some basic ideas of where you wanted to go with it, so I just ran with it. You know, it could have failed miserably. You guys could have said, "No, this isn't really where we wanted to go." But I was pretty confident once I saw what came out of it that that it was gonna be something that everyone could look at and say, "Yeah, no, this is good."
0: Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. You're not the kind of guy to, uh, you know, hog the stage when you receive an award, but I, do, I really do want you to... Try and reflect on what makes you a good editor. What makes you a great editor? I'm sorry.
1: Well, that's not loaded at all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I like. I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier: is that I try to take as much of my ego out of it as possible. You know, I'm I'm in the room by myself, putting all of these things together, and and it it stems from. A, I love my job. I love to edit. I love to take, it's a big puzzle. I like to take all the pieces I can find and put them together and make something what is, you know, dare I say unwatchable, just because if it's five hours, sure, who's going to sit down and watch five hours of raw footage? But in the end of it all, the standard I set is for myself. You know, I I look at these pieces now um, because we're re-promoting, you know, the seasons now, Due to our current situation, to get everybody psyched and, and out there and watching, you know, all of AIG who may have missed it in the past, and I look at the episodes, season one, season two, and I, I don't. There's nothing I look and go, oh, I, What did I do there? I would do anything different. I enjoy them. I enjoy watching them. And and for me, critiquing myself to say that after all this time just shows that uh, yeah this is this is what it was supposed to be so i kind of go into every edit with that mindset saying you know i'm my own worst critic and if if i don't like what i'm doing or how it's coming then i'm going to be the first person to point it out
0: um well yeah i mean again, again, i again i'm i still i still have a few more things i want to discuss but you know at that moment it's like i just want to say like a, you know ad- adventures in golf is a name that i came up with in a meeting before I ever knew what it was like to be on camera. But in, I have defined it, um, you know, equal parts to the way you have. So, you know, when people think of what Adventures in Golf is, they think, oh, it's Eric running around the world. No, it's a, it's a huge collaboration with a team of people. I mean, I remember when I saw the first episode when you put the text behind the dune oh, right. of the title. that 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 was when I was like, Oh dang! Where this is a serious. This, show. Is show. this is this is real. Yeah,
1: this is real. We haven't done that again since then. But that's <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hard to do. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, it's pretty. It's not too hard, but it it requires planning ahead of time. I think, and you know, we've got a lot going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't make or break the show, um, but but going back to Mira, um, yes, you. Mira. When I think of there, there's a lot of people ask me what my favorite episode is, and I usually say Askernish. Um, That's one of my favorites too. Yep. Why for you?
1: Same reason I think you're going to say it was the most natural, weird adventure that, you know, you just stumbled upon it and it kind of happened and turned into this amazing adventure, you know, and it was also one of those fun things where I, I played around with the timeline a little bit, you know, a lot of the times when we put these together, it's a very straightforward, I get on a plane, I go here, I land here, I talk to this person, I go play golf, have a nice day. Whereas this one, we were kind of really just jumping around with all the different places where you were at. You here first. You started at, uh, I guess you were in Scotland, and then you decided, oh, we're gonna go do this, and now we're there, and then we jump back to another place, and it, it was kind of all over the place, but it worked. And uh, but yeah, but over overall, hands down, it is certainly one of the most adventury adventures, just for the sake of you. You. you on camera you guys are (laughs) real you just stumble what do you mean this is well we have to go can we go yes let's do like that's great
0: (laughs) yeah really it was it was it was it it really defines the, the the title and the series and um you know it's funny that it's not the most successful episode like that would be prison golf or you know um uh mira but I guess what what that's telling us more about a YouTube audience in particular, sure. but sure it's for not you and na- I as, as, sure as it's filmmakers not is filmmakers naked golf. I hope it's not naked <laughs> golf. I mean, that is just that is um, if 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 you told if if Sam, the GM of Scratch, said, "Okay, we want you to go do naked golf this season," I probably would say, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> that only I'll could have pass. happened in one or two. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: but but here is what I really. There's a thing in the Mira episode, and I've never talked to you about it. Okay. I don't know where it came from, and I just I want to understand the origin of... the. For me, the episode has a crucial hinge, and the hinge is the line of V.O. that said, and here's where Mira breaks from the pack. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I think so, yes.
0: Dude, it's, it's when you realize, well, first of all, it's when I realized that you're a writer and like that, that is a, that is a, that is a true piece of creativity of writing that I was not responsible for. I don't know where that came from. And I kind of wanted to know where that came from.
1: I guess not remember it though. I, I know. I remember the line and I, I can, I can almost remember where it is in the piece. Again, it's just one of those things because I here I am. I, I don't really know anything about Mira. I've handed, got all this footage. That act, that piece actually more than any other because of, because of the language barrier and because of um, just the different angles we could have gone on that. I think that piece more than any other had the most amount of revisions and drafts, I think even before you saw it because yeah. there were just so many things that you could have done with it. And, you know, it just took a while. I think the first couple, they just didn't feel right, you know, kind of going about it, sort of the, the traditional route of trying to have you just show up. And it, it needed something. And, and I think where we came to that conclusion, we were able to mold it again into what what we have. But I think, again, I had to research all of this because while I, I may know the name, I certainly didn't know much about the history um, and, you know, you read things online and, and, and you just you get all that knowledge in and then you have to, you know, somehow formulate it in a, in a short, concise way. I mean, that's the thing with writing these VOs is, you know, you could you could read five paragraphs that all have great information online about something. And it's like now I have to distill this into Eric's voice that makes sense. And really, you know, it can't be any more than 20 seconds worth of VO because nobody, aside from, you know, and nobody wants to listen to that much voiceover. They want to see the the, the golf. They want to see yeah. the stuff and hear you speak. So so really, it's, it's just from that. It's just I absorbed all that information and, and come up with whatever I think I can as far as making sure that the VO is, is what it needs to be.
0: Yeah, I, there was just something about that. When I hear when I hear the breaks from the pack thing, I'm just like, oh, it just it just it gets me pumped. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's a it's it's a great moment. In in a, if I had to pick my favorite eight second clip of of <laughs> Adventures in Golf, it would be that. Cool. Because I knew that you know I knew that on our end, I gave you the best footage I could possibly give you. I knew that we worked. Oh all, yeah, constantly and and Katsuhiro would go to his forging shop at 5 a.m., and we got there 10 minutes before him every day.
1: Right. And well, I mean, that's one of those things, I mean, with the footage that you shot, we could have we could have almost done, an, an ad, which would have been interesting, really, an, an Adventures in Golf episode that didn't even have you in it. You know, because you, you followed him from the time he got there, like, through all the whole process almost. Granted, there would have to be a narration of, to sort of tell people what was happening, but not to say that you Whoa. didn't need to be there, but in th- if that could have been a way of going that we even thought about, like, having it more of, like, a day in the life of, of Mirasan. Well, but
0: and I don't know, if, Bob, if, if you if you probably haven't seen any of these edits, but I've put up a few edits on my YouTube channel of what I've called them EAL classics, and it's basically... It's when I would hold the camera and I wasn't in it. And it, it, by... I it wasn't intended to be in it. I was just right. interviewing a person. And so the idea of making a film about Mira that I'm not in is like super exciting because <laughs> that's where I that's where I used to be. Right. right. And me being on camera it took me several years just to figure out wait, am I supposed to make jokes? What am I supposed to do? Right. Ask well
1: it's, it's the documentary aspect of it. Again, you're behind the camera, you're you're formulating the, the, the story and then I'm you're gonna tell it yourself. And yeah. I'm sure you would have been the person to narrate it. Which works. Maybe. I mean, it's a tried and true formula documentary have been doing it for years. And, and right. while we do adapt a lot of the documentary style, it's still you and you, you know, you're out there and you've got the personality to, to be able to do a lot of, you know, a lot of things people try to do. I mean, I've, I've seen time and time people out in the field, you know, going to shoot something and once you put the camera on them and they are in front of people, it doesn't go anywhere and you know you take you've taken on that and even though you didn't want to you've taken on that job and taken it flawlessly you've you've you know you're able to just make stuff happen and that's that's a huge talent whether you know it or not it is
0: well you know my trick bob is that i just i look at the camera and i just pretend i'm talking to you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's great no it really is i'm not completely sorry bob <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not totally kidding um let's talk intro really quick so yeah you know bah, 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 we've kind of transcended oh, yeah. introductions season three was a dark stain i don't know where this gopro footage came from i don't i don't i don't understand i, I actually just remembered it the other day because i was re-watching the old episodes and i said where did this gopro <laughs> intro come from it's just and and we don't need to talk about that i don't i don't I know that it didn't come from me, and I just want to say that once and for all for anybody listening that I was not—I knew nothing about that intro, and it just made its way into an episode. And I know that Bob, you didn't either.
1: I—I I mean, I—I—I I, I knew where it came from. I saw the process, <laughs> if that's what you want to know. I—I um, I mean, honestly, that whether you use this or not, the long and the short of it is, is that's just all sponsor. That's all we've got.
0: Well, no, but I love United Airlines. I'm a customer of United Airlines. I and but I think that. You know, from a production standpoint, we could have done that way better, you know, with more time. And, and that's kind of one of these things where yes. it's like people, people listening may not realize like, hey, like each each year we are faced with a problem. And the problem is, is you have to do all of these things and you have to make it really good and you can't spend more than this. And it's like we all start scratching our heads and I don't know how long it takes you to edit an episode. I've never asked you, actually, how long does it take you typically?
1: It's gonna take at least a week. Uh, from start to finish, yeah, like I can it's within within a week's time, yeah. Yeah. Usually and that's it takes, like an intense uh, week. It, it takes a good three days to actually get through everything, sync everything up, look at it all and, and Formulate a, a structure. The fourth day is pretty. By the end of the fourth day, it's usually in a pretty decent place. So that by the fifth place, I can do a little bit of you know enhancing, add in some extra music and some things in my own voiceover and stuff like that. So that I'm, I'm able to then show it off. I mean, that's you know just just from uh, you know a scheduling uh, yeah. issue. It has to be done. You know, sadly, it has to be done as fast as possible. You know, yeah. due to budget constraints and everything else. So I, I've gotten a pretty pretty good system to I would say definitely within you know a good five days for it to be in a good place for everybody to look at and you know we'll call it seven for it to be a hundred percent ready to go. It's so
0: so but the interesting thing about this season three intro is that <clears throat> you may notice if you compare it to the season four intro, which is the most current intro, the season four intro is like Netflix quality. I mean, like we we had a tape measure.
1: Well yeah, the se- the 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 season 4 intro really was supposed to be more of the season 3 intro. That's I mean, I those, mean those, all of the, the footage is... except for one or two of those shots are actually season 3.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. So, what I guess I the reason why I bring that up is well for two reasons. One is to let people know that I had no involvement in this GoPro <laughs> cargo area United Airlines stuff, which honestly we, we did a job for United Airlines at the Genesis this year, and they said, oh, you know, the, the United Airlines executives, first of all, if I had more than two thumbs, I would give all of them up to United for being such a great sponsor. And so many people learn about our show, Bob, because they were sitting on a plane. Um, it's just such a cool thing that, oh, you know, I found it on United Airlines. It's so right. cool. Um and anyway, we were talking to some executives uh and they said, "Have you ever been to the hangar at LAX?" And I said, "No." And they said, "Oh, you should go." So actually, right now, um, you know, we were we were our plans were to go to Buenos Aires and focus on South America and do a couple episodes down there, which we will do, you know, uh, in the fall now. But um but we were going to go to the hangar in advance of of leaving for the episodes and get some footage around the planes there. And I guess You know, I wanted to talk to you because we had spent a lot of time making the season three intro that ended up being used for season four, which I'm so grateful for. What should we do for season five as an intro? (laughs) You must have some great ideas.
1: Oh, wow.
0: This is outside your department, so it's okay if you just say, if you just say, my union won't allow me to comment. (laughs)
1: Well, whatever it is, I think it needs to be again in sort of the vein of the of this last season just in in the fact that it that it's thought out and, and visually looks good. Um, you know, whether it's even you know updating what you have with more of the same kind of shots, maybe not a swing but something else, but it's really it's the visual side of it. I mean, say what you want, this is this is also, you know, it's golf, but it's really a, it's a travel a travel show. And in travel shows people wanna see. They wanna see the beauty. They wanna see where you are. You know, is that some place I might want to visit? How are you gonna know if it's just pointing the camera at your face the whole time? We need to see where you are. <laughs> so that's really what draws people in as well. So I think regardless of, you know, if you're in I mean if you had planes in different locations, whatever that is, but being able to just see that that you exist and we exist and you can go to these places. That's right. I think is a big part of it.
0: Okay, well I'll think about that. That's good. And so maybe maybe the season five opener is less about the golf, or or maybe it's maybe. Well, I'll figure it out. Let's not let's yeah. not embarrass ourselves <laughs> by brainstorming in, in public. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, last thing is, um, you know, uh, I I get asked a lot from you know. Um, people that are wanting to get into filmmaking and you know wanting to get into you know making videos and specifically golf videos you know i think one of the things that um you and i have is this kind of we're lucky in the sense that we are both professionals in our own field and golf was always a fun thing and i think that that doesn't mean anything first of all because i do believe that the true essence of creativity is when you take two things that are not necessarily joined like maybe you're a concert um you know pianist and then you really get you know you develop this fascination for fried chicken and then you decide i'm going to open up a fried chicken joint and that's where true creativity comes from you know i don't know how that those two would work together but for me it happened with i love golf i love filmmaking and now i'm going to put these two together i'm not the greatest golfer i'm not the greatest filmmaker but i am one of I feel like I don't want to finish the sentence, but I feel like I am pretty good at my job right now, which is to is to work with you and everybody else and make shows like Adventures in Golf. But from your perspective, I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about getting started, having advice for people who are you know wanting to get into making videos and they're editing their own videos. Um, you know, I have some experience editing, so that allows me to know not only one how great you are, but also try to arm you with the best product that I can for you to make the best product you can. Can you talk a little bit about getting started and just inspirational, you know, thoughts?
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, I guess I could say that we're, we're I mean, for the past however many years, three, four, five years, you know, we live in an age where, where all of this has become just technologically so much easier for people to do. You know, you can go out and shoot an entire movie and edit it on your iPhone. I mean, that's, you know, five years ago, even that was unheard of. So you've got a lot of advantages in that area. So it's really just about harnessing all of that. And, and you know, I will say that it probably does help, you know, in the way like I think about things is, you know, if, if you enjoy what it is you're doing, then chances are other people will too. You know, I mean, obviously that's not across the board, but, but if you're, if you're going out there and you're, you're passionate about anything, most of the time that passion does come through. And I think that's a big part of it. So it's just, it's a, it's trial and error. Of course, you got to get out there, you got to do things and you got to see what works and what you like and what you think um, you, where you want to end up. But the more you do something, the better you get at it. I mean, look at like you said look at where you were in season one and where you are in season four you know i just think it's a it's a it's a different dynamic it's a different beast you're a different person and it shows and it's and everything has grown and it's gotten to this level where i think uh you know only good things can come from now
0: yeah it's interesting to hear the to, what you just said made me think of well <clears throat> the other thing you said which was you know um being your own worst critic, right, is, and, and without passion, you have no energy. You have no reserves of energy to be a critic because a critic isn't a bad thing in our world. A critic is mandatory. I mean, if you're not a good critic, then you're just going to go put garbage out there and you're not even going to know. (laughs) And no one's going to watch it. Right. But I think you and I are both have that kind of like, it's beyond the dollar. It's, it's about who we are. And that's why, You know, if I were to tell you how much we made on season one, it would be a number that is a negative. It's we lost money. Right. And (laughs) luckily, you know, like it did turn around. But I mean, there was season one was like a total joke. Like it was like, why? And I didn't even really. But anyway, the point is that you're not going to be sustained energetically if you're not totally passionate about it in order to go through the process of making mistakes. And, you know, I look back on even you know, any, anything from a long time ago. And I'm just like, what was I thinking? You know?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you, you have to open yourself up to criticism because it's the only way you grow. Um, if you shut yourself down and say, I'm just going to do what I like, you know, there is that, that line. If you, if you're, if you're only going to do what you like, but it's not well received, you know, it's going against what I just said technically, but you know, you have to have that open mind to grow and to stretch. Um, I think overall that's how everything kind of progresses and and gets to, you know, a a better place.
0: Well, and that's like, that's the mark of a true creator and someone that I really like to collaborate with, which is I believe that it's definitely attitude over aptitude. And I don't, you know, Richard Avedon, a very famous fashion photographer was, was his, one of his more repeated quotes was, the best idea often comes from the caterer and I, I believe that Bob, you and I have that in common. There's not a lot of ego involved in decisions creatively and you know I just uh, I just I can't wait to get into season five get <laughs> I, I cannot wait and I really I do want to I would love to uh, you know unlike prior seasons, I'd love to collaborate more with you, especially as you go into the research phase. I think that you know we could probably help out. A bit there and maybe have some discussions around those things and you know really bring you more into the pre-production which we did a little bit on four but sure. it'd be really cool to make that more you know see, yeah to see how much better we could make it
1: well i, t- I will say I you know i'm i i agree and i and i hope that that's possible because you know even if you think about last season again the edit schedule excuse me the edit schedule for season four was by the time we started putting the seasons together and and getting them out the door was grueling. I mean, there was no, there was no time. I don't know if I had a day off between like August and Christmas. It was just every day doing something. So the, the goal, which this year to season five, the goal was to have all this extra time to put stuff together. (laughs) But unfortunately things have changed in that frame and we'll (laughs) see where we're at, but yeah, Absolutely. I'm always open to making things as best that we can. And, and the more people that collaborate on something, I think the better. You know, I, I, I again, I'm a solitary person. I'm here in my edit room <laughs> all by myself most days. So... Are, you know, The current situation hasn't affected me all that much. I'm here. I'm home. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> this is a routine. You've been preparing for this. So it's nice well, to get opinions from people because it oh. keeps me in touch with things and makes makes sure that I am growing because I could easily <laughs> just fade away and no one would know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, dude, I mean, I can't thank you enough, and I'm so lucky that the world kind of – I feel so grateful that the world brought us together around this show, which was you know kind of a flippant idea that's turned into something very serious, I think not just for you and me but for a lot of other people
1: absolutely, yeah, it's been great uh I know last year, even the way things were going there was a there was a small point where I might not have even been able to work on it, and I can just remember thinking no that's not yes. I have to so hopefully <laughs> yes. so hopefully that continues but I was I would have been heartbroken at this point it's like these become I'm sure you feel the same way these are these are our babies you know we we do put a lot of blood sweat and tear in these things and it's you know it's important that people see them whether they like them or not ah, this is like they see them
0: <laughs> I'm going to uh as soon as I go to phone, I'm going to call my lawyer and tell him to adjust the contract. That I'm not going to shoot it if Bob's not going to have it. That's not <laughs> happening. It's not, dude. There's no way I'm going to just give it. There was one episode that I think we passed off once or something, didn't we? Didn't we?
1: There, there were over the and season three. I think there were a couple episodes we passed off, but again, me being me, I him. was I had to go through and. I probably if if the original editors watched them eventually when they they did come out, um, they were probably pissed because things changed, (laughs) Uh, uh, you know, but that's part of the process. Hopefully they're not not blaming me. Hopefully they they think, oh, well, yeah, sure. The whole production team got together and made these choices. Yeah. But, you know. I had already been doing it for a while. I knew how things should look and how they should feel and sometimes you have to go in and, you know, I guess that's that the executive producer part of things. You sort of yeah. have to go in there and make sure they make sense because it would stick out like a sore thumb. People would recognize that. Right, right. We get called out on everything online. Everything. Oh, yeah. So we have to do what <laughs> we can true. to make sure at least the things we can control, you know, make sense.
0: Well... Look forward to season five with you, Bob. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. This was great. That
0: was good.